Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time to talk the FIFA Football World Cup. Is the World Cup coming home to England? Can they win it with their back four? I don't know, but it was a very good performance against Wales this morning, winning 3-0. They're through to the round of 16 and they will take on Senegal. United States also going through from that group. They will take on the Netherlands. Guy McRae from the UK joins us on the programme. Guy, good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Always good to speak to you, Waddo. Always a pleasure okay. to do this. How was that performance received by the UK and British public? Yeah, I mean, you know, you've spent time over here um, uh, as well. You know how harsh the, the British media, you know, the English media can be, uh, in this case with England. They were after the USA game. Um, yeah, it, it's been well received. Um, I think I think the big thing, Wallow, about this is, is that Southgate's made those changes and those players have delivered and kind of provided a bit of energy, a bit of much-needed zip. Uh, Marcus Rashford's obviously taken all the headlines, but you've got Phil Foden in there as well. This sort of made in Manchester feel to England last night uh, that they had uh, with those two scoring the three goals. Just the way England played, I think. I think you alluded to it at the beginning. If England are going to have a shot here uh, in this in this tournament, they've got to play on the front foot. I think everyone accepts that the the best players that England have got are in attacking positions. They're going to try and play a typical, should we say, Gareth Southgate kind of way, very cagey keep it tight, play conservatively, which is what they've done in the last couple of major tournaments, to be fair, to be successful, uh, with the semi-final four years ago, the final of Euros, of course, uh, last year. But England simply aren't good enough defensively to do that. We've talked about this before on the programme. If England are going to do well, if they're going to excite people, they've got to play as they did last night. Rashford, for me, has to start now. Uh, I don't think there's a debate between him and Sterling over who starts. Uh, Sterling's been disappointing for Chelsea in the crazy uh, Premier League period that we had before the World Cup. Rashford's found form, which is great to see after his difficulties with Manchester United. And Phil Foden brings something in there as well. You know, Foden is a genuinely world-class talent. I would add on top of it as well, Mark, uh, Jude Bellingham uh, again last night. I mean, this, this guy is a generational talent. England are genuinely lucky to have him. Uh, the, the, altogether, England have got some real quality there going forward uh, that we saw, but they have to continue to play that way, if effectively drop the handbrake uh, and see where it takes them. Yeah, I mean, you need youthful exuberance, but you also need that experience. Harry Kane brings that, I guess, Jordan Henderson to a degree. Uh, but how much of a concern is Harry Kane not really playing the way people expect Harry Kane to play? Hasn't scored a goal, and what England has scored, what, nine goals now, I think? Yeah, I mean, that's, an, that's a crazy stat, isn't it, Mark? Nine goals scored in the tournament and Kane hasn't got one of them. Um, we talk regularly about Harry Kane in the context of Tottenham Hotspur. I have a, a vested interest there uh, in, in his, even more so in his progress. Um, he hasn't been fit since the start of the tournament, in, in my view. And, and we've talked about this again before. He played virtually every minute for Tottenham Hotspur in that, in that absolutely crazy period of matches. I think he's come into the event. Uh, we've seen some have noted the strapping around the ankle as well that he played in the other the other day against the US. 
Um, he's still got a football brain, as you say. He's still got experience. He's still the figurehead of this England team. If you look at Southgate over the years, he's pinned it on Harry Kane as the captain of the team, as the head of that team. He's still got all of that. Um, I'm just concerned that there could be a bad injury around the corner here uh, with Kane because, as I say, he's playing in that critical zone. Uh, and as we all know with players, they're more vulnerable uh, to a serious injury in that respect. So will Southgate look to mix it up? I'm not sure. He's, a, like most managers, incredibly loyal to certain players. He'll want Kane to play all the time. Uh, but that's got to be a concern for England, I think, going forward, his fitness and how sharp he really is because... England need all their players to be at their sharpest. If you look at their likely opponents, uh, should they get past Senegal in the last 16? I mean, you've got the possibilities of France in the quarterfinals. All of their players, their talents, notably Kylian Mbappe at the head of it, who's just tearing it up. Uh, England are going to be need to be absolutely on top of it. Every player is going to need to be 100% fit to have a shot at beating those sorts of teams. If Marcus Rashford starts, Phil Foden starts, and Kane was to get injured, who is the likely replacement to come in for Harry Kane within that England squad? Um, it's a good question. Uh, it's a good question because the other strikers over the last few years haven't really had much game time. Uh, Kane has tended to play, if you think of England's disastrous Nations League performance. I mean, Kane played all the minutes there as well in those fixtures, so they don't really get much of a look in. I'm a fan, um, we've spoken about before, of Callum Wilson, uh, the way he started the season. I, I've liked Callum Wilson for a number of years. I've actually wanted him at, as a backup. Maybe he wouldn't like it to be that way, but I'd like Spurs to kind of chase him over the last few years to be a backup to Harry Kane uh, at Spurs. I think he's an excellent striker. Um, he seems fit now at the moment. That's always a bit of a question mark with Callum Wilson. Uh, but but Wilson's someone, I think, who can add something different. His link-up play, like Kane provides for England as well, his goal threat. Uh, so if something were to happen to Kane, um, as I say, I don't think Southgate's going to rest Kane now because we're going into knockout football. The opportunity to rest Kane for a match, Mark, is kind of gone now, uh, you know, in, in, in a sense. So... Um, if something were, unfortunately, to happen to him, I think Callum Wilson would be the obvious striker to to come into the starting lineup for England. Mm. OK, so you're going to play Senegal in the round of 16. Confident mm. that you can beat Senegal? What sort of style does the African nation play? Uh, very good team, I think, uh, overall. They were nervy, obviously, in seeing off uh, in seeing off Ecuador. That's always the case in a, you know, in a final round of the group fixture like that, but they got the job done. They got experience. Obviously, they've got uh, Premier League experience in there as well. Kaladu Kulabali uh, got the winning goal there. Uh, there's no question they're weaker without Sadio Mane. We knew that coming into the tournament. Mane is an incredible player. Uh, as you know yourself, over the years with Liverpool, now with Bayern Munich, uh, that's a massive loss for them. Uh, but they're well organised uh, overall. You can say that about quite a number of the teams uh, in the round of 16. Uh, there. England are going to have to be on it. I think England might get a little bit more of a test defensively uh, in this. This is what I'm interested in in the round of 16. I think England will progress mm. uh, through that. Uh, I think it's dangerous for England to look too far ahead into the quarterfinals, possibilities of France. I think they'll have enough, mm. uh, provided, and we come back to this theme again, provided Southgate starts it on the front foot, plays to England's strengths, plays the attacking players that they've got, and as they did largely against Wales, they, they controlled the match uh, because of their personnel, because of the lineup. I think that's the way they've got to play. I think where Senegal present even more of a problem for England is if England decide to come into this cagely set up with these two holding midfielders, 
very interesting for me, Mark, with England, how they go forward uh, with, with their holding midfielders. A lot of chat here around Declan Rice and what he's done in the tournament so far. Um, and I'm not sure I really got an answer on that at the moment. Um, I think Rice has got to play. You've got Rice and Bellingham. Is Rice a holding midfielder if Bellingham's going forward, or does Bellingham sit back? They're both very good players uh, in their own, but they're still that seems to be the two defensive midfielders that Southgate settled on. Um, you know, overall, and then you've got Jordan Henderson in and around the mix. Very good player, brings his experience. That balance for Southgate in the centre as well is going to be another fascinating thing to see uh, where. He goes with that. Does he make a slight tweak to accommodate these other attacking players, uh, the likes of Foden and Rashford now into the team? Or does he go and kind of go back to type and play the way that he's done where England have been a bit, frankly, underwhelming uh, for large parts of the past year or so in their, in their performance level? Mm. Uh, Guy, I'll ask you this. Um, I've watched a fair bit of the f- Football World Cup so far um, and often asked you know, clearly we always talk about Brazil and Brazil are two from two, but I've got to say that probably the team that's impressed me the most, I have to say, is the defending champions, France. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I go along with that, Wallo. Um There was a lot of talk around them coming into the event that the vibe, I chatted to a couple of um, uh, French journalist colleagues around this coming into the tournament as the defending champions. They're saying the vibe isn't so good. It doesn't seem right. We've had all these horrible injuries. You've got to think of the background for France's uh, defence, you know, no Paul Pogba, Lucas Hernandez, uh, you know, out as well there. Uh, Raphael Varane with the bad injury. I mean, they've had some bad losses, but they've got such depth. I mean, for all of that, you look at their team for all of those bad injuries, and you've got Kylian Mbappe will be giving defences as he always does, but going into the knockout stages, the way he started, they're going to be giving them absolute nightmares, Mark, at the moment. I mean, England are praying that Kyle Walker coming back from if they should take them on in the quarterfinals, praying that Kyle Walker, who's now back and has looked on his return, looked pretty good, that he stays fit. Because can you imagine England, Kylian Mbappe, Harry Maguire at the back there, taking him on in, in one-on-ones? I mean, there's no competition uh, there, frankly. Um, so Mbappe is leading it. Uh, they've got a lot of experience through the rest of that team. Didier Deschamps is a very experienced coach now. Uh, he was able to rest a few players heading into uh, their final group fixture where other teams weren't able to do that. They're building momentum, no question. There are a lot of lot of difficult tests for them, I would say, in the knockout stages. I like, there are a couple of other teams that I like in there. I like the way the Netherlands are going. I like Gatko, the, um, the, uh, the, the teenager who's got three goals already. I like what the Netherlands, I like Virgil van Dijk in this tournament so far, someone who you know very well, who... Let's be honest, Mark, Virgil van Dijk with Liverpool probably thinking like a lot of players about the World Cup in that first part of the season. I think that was a part of it to do with why he wasn't quite at his best. He's so important for the Netherlands. Uh, you know, as their captain, their leader, through the spine of their team, De Jong as well there. And then that you know, Gakpo up front, his youthful exuberance, what he's got already. They're a threat um, overall. Uh, Brazil are there, as you mentioned, uh, troubling France. Uh, and then you've got this sort of, you've got Argentina, if they make it out of their group. Can Argentina build uh, through the tournament? So it's fascinating, really, going into the round of 16. You know, never count out Germany, <laughs> should they make it through. They'll never, ever count out Germany in knockout stages of a tournament. Uh, you know, we, the English, know that above all, uh, in, in terms of, you know, England. The rest of the world know that as well. So it's really set up beautifully uh, for the rest of the tournament. But I go with you, France, 
France are looking good heading into the knockout stages, no doubt about that. Yeah, interesting though, you sort of sense with that goal from Messi for Argentina the other day against Mexico, I sort of felt that might just be the turning point for Argentina. This might be Messi taking control of this tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got to have the opportunity to. They're not through. They've got, obviously, they've got Poland uh, and Robert Lewandowski. Poland are a a well-organised side, difficult to score against. Um, Should they make it through that one, uh, then they make, then obviously they're into the knockout stages. They've got Messi there. Everyone knows what this means to him, his last World Cup. It's a tournament where he's not had the best of experiences in the past. Can he run them through like he did uh, you know, in recent times in their successes. Uh, they've got quality uh, through the team as well. They're um, Argentina that they can add to it. They give him that free role. The big thing is, can they make it out? We, we keep coming back to this. The theme here is for all that we've had these shocks in the tournament, we've had Argentina lose to Saudi Arabia, we've had Germany lose to Japan, we've had these big shockers, you know, Belgium uh, losing to Morocco as well. Some really, really, we haven't even mentioned Belgium yet, you know, as the team ranked two in the world here because they've been maybe a little bit underwhelming, but they've got Kevin De Bruyne there, you know, in the Mm. same way. Kevin De Bruyne in the knockout stages could completely dominate the tournament. Uh, He's got the potential to do that. He's that good. Uh, And the rest of their players as well. So the the main thing is here, the tournament's effectively in two halves, isn't it? You've got the the knockout stages where England and other teams have managed to negotiate that, maybe not absolutely on top form all the time, but then you look to take it up a notch, as we all know, going into the knockout stages. And Messi and Argentina clearly have got the capability to be able to do that should they make it there. Okay, Guy, I've just had someone texting in just wanting to get your perspective to try and maybe provide them um, a choice. Who's going to win these games, um, which is tomorrow morning New Zealand time? We've got Tunisia, France. Who's going to win that one? Uh, well, the French, I mean, will uh, the French will make some changes uh, there overall. You'd think that they'd still probably, probably have enough um, overall to do that. I mean, Raphael Varane had the bad injury. I mean, Deschamps, for instance, isn't risking him. He's not going to play because, I mean, they're already they're already through. It's a great position uh, for them to be in. Uh, you've got... I mean, the, the narrative for me, Mark, with that one is actually Olivier Giroud uh, with that one. I mean, 51 goals for France. Um, just needs one more to go past Thierry Henry as their all-time top scorer. So... Um, that's a narrative, I think, going into the final match. He'll want to play to try and break that record, uh, Henri's record overall. Uh, and they want to keep the momentum going, France. They'll make changes, uh, but they want to keep the momentum. They built up that Mbappe-inspired momentum uh, from the first couple of matches to take them through uh, into their knockout matches. Australia, Denmark. Mm. This is an interesting one. I'm not sure there are going to be many goals in this one, Waddo. Uh, <laughs> Denmark, it all comes down to a player you, I, everyone knows very well, Christian Eriksen. Um, it's been creating a lot of chances. The problem for Denmark is they don't really, they're not really able to easily put them away, and they're going to need to there uh, in that one. Australia, to an extent, the Aussies know what they need to do um, to, to make it through. They're in the box seat. They're obviously in second place behind France in the group. Three points to Denmark's sole point. Um, I fancy Australia to make it through that. Uh, I fancy them to get the job done, uh, to get what they need uh, there and, and, and make it through behind France in the group. I'm, I'm tipping the Aussies. Yeah, never underestimate the Australians. They just always find a way. Very, very good sporting nation. OK, let's talk about this one. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest Poland are going to upset Argentina. One goal to nil. Whoa, OK. I mean, this has been the funniest group of the lot, isn't it? Group C uh, here, and it, and it opens it up, uh, doesn't it, if Argentina... We talked about Argentina going through the tournament... 
uh, I mean, might all end uh, there for them. Um, very tough one. Uh, those couple of matches in the group, we've got to have a look at it because Saudi Arabia are on the three points as well, play Mexico on one point. That has been a fascinating group, uh, not just with Messi in there with Argentina, but uh, Lewandowski getting his World Cup goal, um, getting it together after his performances with Barcelona. And we all know how good Robert Lewandowski is. And then the Saudis, the way the Saudis have played their football in this tournament, their couple of matches so far, very attacking, uh, watchable style of play that they've got, which is going to be interesting to see where they bring it into uh, that match with Mexico, because Mexico are a good team to watch as well. Been a fascinating group, that, and it's not clearly not decided uh, with the way the points are at. So I see where you're going uh, with that. Poland Argentina is definitely one to watch. Uh, Lewandowski against Messi and all the other uh, quality that's on show there in that one. Okay, just finally, then Saudi Arabia, Mexico. Uh, yeah, I mean, we alluded to it, Saudi Arabia, Mexico. Um, looking for a performance from Mexico in this tournament. Um, they're better than than I think they've showed so far, just the one point from the opening uh, couple of games. Uh, for me, the changes they make are an issue. Do they go, one of the points you were making in respect of England at the start of the conversation, um, does Raul Jimenez come back in? Uh, hasn't had much football, but Raul Jimenez is very important uh, uh, for Mexico, can give them that kind of spearhead, that presence up front. Um, Saudi Arabia, in control of their own destiny there. That's the thing. Um, but can they finish it off? Could they beat Mexico or do Mexico have that performance in them? I'm leaning towards Mexico and that naturally would set up Argentina to join uh, through from that group uh, to make it through. But uh, the Saudis have shown stuff already in this tournament, so it's not decided by any means. That definitely is the trickiest group to call, I think, of the groups that we've had, obviously one of the remaining groups to decide. But it's the most fascinating one, uh, I think, of the groups we've had so far because there's so many permutations, so many possibilities over who are the two teams that make it out of that group and into the round of 16. Guy McRae, as always, thoroughly appreciate you taking the time and joining us here on ECNZ. No worries. Enjoy the rest of the tournament. I'm sure we'll chat soon uh, going into the knockout stages. (laughs) Fantastic. Guy McRae out of the UK, big Spurs fan, season ticket holder.